You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So I hate to even do this because it is, I mean, it's just exhausting, (laughs) but it's what we're doing, man. We're just going to have to buck up and deal with it. Um, So, well, I mean, this started long before this, but let's just say this week of, of Aaron talk started with the whole, I mean, not this week, starting Sunday, Monday, whatever. By the way, is Sunday the start of the week? I mean, I know it is. I know the answer is yes, but am I the only one that feels like, no, Sunday is the last day of the week. Monday is the first day of the week. The idea that, no, you don't get two days off at the end of the week. You actually get one day off at the end of the week, and then your first day is off also is like, no. I end my week with two days off, and then I start over on Monday. That's how that works. I'm I'm just wondering, are we all in agreement that that's at least how it feels? Or are most people content with, no, I get one day off at the end of the week and one... I don't even... I don't know. I've never had this conversation with anyone before. I just know that, like, oh, yeah, Sunday's the first day of the week. It's like, "Mm, I mean, on the calendar, but not in reality. I chill at the end of my week, and then Monday, my new week starts, and I have to go to work again, or school, or whatever it is you got to do. Anyways... Um, over the last seven to 10 days, the Aaron Rodgers drama started with the whole, uh, Diana Rossini thing, called that out, bing, bang, boom, done deal. Right. But it didn't mean all that much. It was just kind of a, this is annoying. Here comes the media with some nonsense. But at the same time, everything she said was very close to true anyways, at least in terms of with our understanding of it. He's going to show up on Tuesday. He's going to make his announcement. They're going to, he's going to come back. They're going to come to some kind of an agreement, and it's going to be a very expensive agreement, although I don't think it's going to be $50 million. It's still going to be a really big number. That makes us all uncomfortable. Well, maybe not all. Some people just don't care, and they genuinely believe the cap is fake, and you, can just, you could pay them $80 million if you wanted to, and they could just you know push money somewhere, and it's fine. That's not how things work, by the way, but some people think it is. All right, so we had that little flare-up. But it's fine. We kind of got recentered. Everything's good. Then Mr. Denver Boy pops up with his thing yesterday, um, Mr. Benjamin Albright. And he's like, So on Tuesday, Pat McAfee's going to break all kinds of records and everything else. And it's like, Well, we know. And then somebody's like, Well, maybe you should just tell us he's coming back. And he says, Why don't you? What do you, what do you think I'm doing? And he's kind of an insider. So it's like, Oh, snap. He heard something that's a little bit more concrete. That's crazy. And it's like, well, let's not get sucked into this, because although I think he's a little bit more reliable, still feels like something like, you know, how would he know? Like, how would he 100% know? We know Rodgers is very tight-lipped on this stuff. The only thing is, maybe he told the team, and he then told the team, listen, this is the situation, but keep your mouth shut, because I want to make the announcement myself. And then somebody in the team leaked it. And so the media kind of has the information, but they're being told, shut your mouth. Which I think is something that they could do. Because again, remember, with the whole Schefter thing on draft day, they, they were holding on to information since like January. They just didn't release any of it. And then Schefter's like, crap, this is about to blow wide open. I want to be the first one to kind of bust this out. But everybody knew. And that's why Ian Rappaport and everybody else that came out, and they're like, listen, we knew. I wasn't first because Schefter's a jerk and he took it out on draft day. I didn't think he'd actually go there, but he did. But here's what I've known since forever. And if that's the case, then, you know whatever. But I don't think he would have heard anything from Aaron Rodgers. But again, it wasn't really seen as news. It's one of those things like, well, we already knew. Everything's fine. Who cares? Um, Maybe he knows something. Maybe he kind of got wind of something from a slightly reliable but mostly unreliable source. And then he's just kind of going based off common sense and everything else. But there's, you know, none of this really moved the needle very much because everything's just pointing to, I mean, 
from our common sense to people making up random nonsense in the media to seem relevant, everything's at least pointing to today there's going to be a big announcement. And then Pat McAfee does what Pat McAfee does and just smacks us all back to reality. Here's what he had to say just uh, yesterday, I believe. I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning and the internet told me Aaron's coming on this show tomorrow to make his decision. Oh, awesome. Good job booking him. Well, I didn't. That's all I was, Did you? <laughs> nope. So, so he's not they, coming on? What do well, they say? Who, who's they? The internet told me he's coming on tomorrow. Oh, cool. Maybe they will entice him to come on then. Maybe they'll pressure him to come back oh, on. Okay. Oh, is that what they're doing? Is that what people do on the internet? Maybe. I don't know. They try, I think. Oh, public pressure. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if that's going to sway Aaron. That may push him the other way. What? <laughs> oh, thanks for, thanks for kicking Aaron off our show tomorrow. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Internet. I have not talked to him. Have you? Legitimately, yeah. I have not talked to him. The internet came up with he was ready to make his decision, though, I guess. Do you know anything on that? I, I know nothing on what Aaron is doing right now. So look, it's still entirely possible uh, Mr. Covert Aaron Rodgers is not telling anyone anything, including um, Pat McAfee until the very last minute, right? And he may be like, dude, you know, as of today, he's going to reach out and be like, I, I, I need it. But you got to tell him at some point because he's got to build out a show, you know? <laughs> you, can't, you can't just be like, hey, I know you got this show planned, but I'm going to take over your show. I'm sure Pat would happily do it. He'd kick off whatever guest because there's not going to be a bigger audience than than Aaron. And Aaron's going to make his he's going to make his announcement one way or another. It's just a matter of whether you want Ian Rappaport to just blast it out there randomly on Twitter or do you want it live on your show? And that's a no brainer. But point is, once again, we start making assumptions, right? And I do this all the time because I, I got to fill in the blank somehow. I just tell you what I think makes the most sense. But this is a variable I didn't think was even possible. First of all, I thought they just had a standing order. I know it's off season, so it's not, you know, every Tuesday or whatever, but I still figured standing order for at least a couple weeks, like I'll just be on your show on Tuesday. I didn't realize there was no conversation whatsoever. Like he went on last week to say that there's nothing to talk about whatsoever, which, which makes last week even more weird. You know what I mean? Now I'm starting to lean more <laughs> toward the, what the heck was that? Like you're taking the whole, um, off season off, and you're not going on Pat McAfee, but you made a special surprise visit last Tuesday when everybody's awaiting some kind of an announcement so that you can tell us about your Panchakarma cleanse and just be like, guys, calm down. There's no announcement. What are you talking? Why are you being weird? Anyways, I've been puking a lot. Just wanted to come out here and tell everybody. <laughs> Why? You don't, I don't care. Don't talk to me right now. I mean, maybe it really just was to bump up Pat's numbers, which again is fine. He's your buddy. You want to help him out, all that stuff. But again, don't give me this like, oh, come on, calm down. No, 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 no. You know you did this on purpose. I don't know. I'm just saying that that that's so weird to me that it's like, oh no, he's not coming on our show. Last week was just a completely fluky surprise guest thing, and he had absolutely nothing interesting to tell us whatsoever. He just wanted to drop by and talk about puking and enemas. Give us some horrific visuals for, um, for the next couple weeks. And so this is where things get really weird because everybody seems, ooh, Steven Seagal's trending. What's going on with Steven Seagal? Oh, right. He's, uh, he's Putin's buddy. I forgot about that. Apparently, there was a fake report that Steven Seagal joined the Russian Special Forces. <laughs> oh, the stupidity abounds, I swear. But anyways, uh, I, again, I see this going, well, that's not really true. I, again, I, I just have to come from the place of what makes the most sense. I don't know, right? I'm, I'm just trying to fill in blanks, and it's mostly blanks for all of us. That's the thing. When, when, when we start talking about here's how it's going to be or we think we know anything, we're filling in blanks, and we're dealing with almost entirely blanks. It's like we're doing a connect the dots, and there's like five dots. It's like, dude, this could be literally anything, you know, and there's no other picture there. It's just like dots, and you got to figure out, like, what was the picture? Like, how, I, I don't know. The sun, a dinosaur, a gym bag. I, what am I supposed to do with this? Looks a little bit like the Mona Lisa, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know. But what is the information we have? Aaron Rodgers has to make a decision soon. He said he would make a decision soon. Soon meaning who knows what. But assuming he wants to, you know, actually make a decision so that the team can make their decisions on Devontae and everything else, um, it would have to be like this week. 
We assume that if he's going to make the decision, he's going to do it on Pat McAfee's show. So we would assume that it would have to be this Tuesday. If it's next Tuesday, it puts the team in a tough spot where they're going to have to make some, some decisions prior to Aaron's decision because they don't have time. Some people in the media seem to have been tipped off that Rodgers has decided to come back. We also can assume that that probably did not come from Rodgers' inner circle. It may have, but it's unlikely. And we know Pat McAfee doesn't know anything about it. A.J. Hawk might know something about it, despite him saying he does know anything about it, but that's just because his inner circle, like A.J. Hawk, very tight-lipped, they would never tip anything off. And there's no way in the world a guy like A.J. Hawk is going to run to Benjamin Albright and not um, Pat McAfee. That doesn't make any sense. So again, the operating theory here is basically one of two things. Number one, Benjamin Albright is full of crap, slash he's going based off some source that is useless, which is what a lot of these guys do. They, I heard from somebody, and here's the thing. There's a pile of people that are considered somebody, right? If you talk to an NFL player, let's say you talk to uh, Marshawn Lattimore, and he's like, dude, Rodgers is coming back. What would you do with that information? On one hand, an NFL player just told you Rodgers is coming back, so you can reasonably infer that maybe he has some information because you run in circles that most people don't. But at the same time, he is just another guy when you factor in he has no real connection to Aaron Rodgers. Do you run with that information or not? And you could say the same thing with coaches and GMs. And this is what I said about Diana Rossini and a lot of these other guys. There's always talk in those smoke-filled rooms with GMs and coaches. That doesn't mean they actually know anything. They just think they know everything. So it's either some nonsense source that Benjamin heard it from that he assumed is, you know, he's going to run with because, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big wig. And it's also just kind of a flex to be like, guess what I heard from some big source? Even if the source is a complete moron and doesn't know what he's talking about, it's still a flex. Oh, I guess that NFL GM that I was hanging out with got his information wrong. Oops. Right? It's even if he's wrong, it's you're still just flexing out there. Or what again makes the most sense is that the Green Bay Packers have been informed of Aaron Rodgers' decision. We're told to keep it tight lipped. The Packers have made the decision to start moving forward in that direction. We're already starting to hear things from Ian Rappaport, things that are kind of coming down the pike. You know, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But it suddenly feels like there's a change, right? All of a sudden, there's reports about the Packers have a structure and they have all these things kind of figured out. You know, we're just waiting to see what Rodgers wants to do, but we kind of got stuff figured out all of a sudden. It sounds to me like Aaron Rodgers has told the team, told the team to shut their mouth about it, but it's kind of hard to do that. And so information is starting to leak out. And so you got Ian starting to put together, you know, articles, but then saying, but I don't know. And the team doesn't know. And Benjamin Albright's like, yeah, something's about to happen. But I mean, what do I know? It's not like I've heard anything. You know what I mean? And then the only thing left is why wouldn't Pat McAfee know? But again, that's because Aaron Rodgers actually cares about being secretive and everybody else kind of sucks at it. So my assumption if all this is true is that as of today, um, it's only four in the morning right now, but probably pretty soon because, I mean, they got to get up and get their stuff going. Rodgers is going to reach out to them and say, hey, um, I'd like to come on today if at all possible. I got something I'd like to say, but let's not, you know, let's just keep it between us. But, you know, I got some big news. That, again, none of this is based on information. It's, well, I mean, it is, but it's, it's really just looking at massive gaps with tiny bits of information and saying, what is the the easiest way to connect these dots. What makes the most sense based on what I'm looking at? That makes the most sense. Aaron Rodgers told the team some of that information is starting to leak out. The media has an idea that it's coming. It's coming soon because the team was just notified. They're not allowed to really talk about it though, because everybody's worried about, you know, if you have the inside scoop, you want to remain on the inside. And if it starts to get, because I've been told this stuff, people that actually do know things and, and, you know, of the few times I've actually been told, I mean, I, I shouldn't even talk about it now exactly who told me what, but it was, it was like, don't talk about this on your podcast, because if it gets back and somebody hears about it, then someone in that inner circle is about to get, you know, they realize there's a leak, and then they get cut off, and I get cut off. You know, it'll, it'll get traced back very easily, right? I mean, if, if you're, let's say you're Aaron's driver, right? And I don't even know who the person is, so I'm just making this up. Let's say you're Aaron's driver, and you start talking to one of your buddies, and like, dude, Aaron's doing this. If Aaron starts talking about, hey, somebody's leaking this out, you know you're the leak. And so you're not telling your buddy anymore because you're about to... So, so this is the thing where it's like, if you want to remain on the inside, you got to learn to keep your mouth shut. And so even for me, it's like, as much as I'd love to come on here and flex and be like, guess what information I got? I know that the second I do that, never getting another word of information again. And I like getting inside information, even if I can't talk about it. I'd rather get it and not be able to talk about it than just not get it and not being able to talk about it, obviously. 
So it's the same thing here. Everybody's trying to keep their mouth shut because they want to be seen as a reliable person that you can confide in. And if, if you tell somebody like Benjamin Albright, hey, look, this is the information, but you can't tell anyone, he goes out and tells everyone, you're not going to tell them anymore. And so again, when, when Benjamin Albright said he's about to break some news, you know, Twitter's going to be a big day for Pat McAfee, he didn't say anything that he knew about Pat McAfee because Pat McAfee didn't know. So a lot of people are looking at going, oh, see, Benjamin Albright lied. He said it's about to be a big day on Tuesday and Pat McAfee doesn't even know, therefore we know he's lying. No, he assumed based on the information that Aaron Rodgers has made his decision. And so the assumption is he made his decision, he's going to announce it on Tuesday, and that may still happen. Does that, does that all make sense? So again, that makes the most sense to me. And so I still genuinely believe that there's probably going to be an announcement today. If there isn't, that's going to be a little bit surprising, and i got to rerun my calculations here because I don't really understand that. Maybe he'll make an announcement a little bit later in the week. Maybe something came up, and so he couldn't quite make the announcement. Maybe he's not ready to make his announcement, and then it's like everybody's just kind of full of it, in which case just never believe anybody ever, which is fair. Anyways, on that front, one of the things that uh, we've been hearing about Um, here's a report. Packers are working on a short-term deal for Aaron Rodgers if he decides to stay. As the NFL world anticipates Aaron Rodgers' decision on the future, the Packers are preparing for a continued stay. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reported Monday that the Packers and Rodgers' representation are working on a deal should he decide to remain in Green Bay. Here's what he had to say. I'm saying the entire world awaits the decision for Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to want to remain in Green Bay or is he going to approach the team and say, I would prefer that you trade me or is he going to step back and retire? He has not announced his decision yet. However, behind the scenes, I am told that the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers representation are working on a deal. Nothing is done, but they are having discussions. They are having negotiations to have a deal, hopefully for them ready to go if and when Aaron Rodgers firmly and finally decides that he wants to return. And no surprise, this would be a short-term deal that would make Rodgers the highest-paid player in the NFL. Of course, that is what the reigning MVP deserves and likely what he will get. Again, nothing is done, but the two sides are at least going back and forth, having discussions, waiting for Rodgers to make his decision. Of course, the Packers want to do nothing to get in the way of that, but they hope and believe he'll want to come back. All right, so now shut it. A couple things, a lot of things, actually. Um, Number one, this is kind of what I was talking about, right? The wheels are in motion, and that set off a chain reaction, right? So the the way Ian is is spinning this is, so Aaron Rodgers came to the team with the representation, and they're coming together, and they're working on a deal right now. However, he didn't make a decision. They just feel like doing that just in case. I think... um, the, the assumption is Ian is saying that as a way of, I'm going to leak the information, but then not leak the information. However, there is another option here. It's entirely possible that what Ian is saying is entirely true. It seems unlikely. But what he's saying is entirely true, that it's not that he made his decision and now they're trying to hammer out a deal. No, they're, they're just working out a tentative deal in case he comes back. Again, seems a little stupid, but let's just run with that. It's entirely possible that... Ian heard this information, as did a bunch of other people, and they made assumptions, and those assumptions are incorrect. For example, in fact, if Rogers does not come on the show today or does not make an announcement today, this is exactly what I think happened. This is the report that came out. This is what Benjamin Albright found out about. He heard the same report that Ian is hearing, again, leaked from the team. However, his assumption is this got put in motion because Aaron Rodgers made the decision to come back. Therefore, we know he's going to make an announcement on Tuesday. Again, this is exactly what I said he was doing. He didn't get a firm bit of information. He got tidbits of information, and he's drawing his own conclusions based on that. But he may be entirely wrong. And by the way, considering he got into arguments with people, he's going to get absolutely lit up if there's a no, there's no announcement today. But I think that is the other side of it. Because I do think that there's a lot of assumptions being made. So again, it still makes the most sense to me that these wheels got put in motion because he did say he was coming back. And because he did say he was coming back, he's going to make his announcement. Now, here's the other thing to keep in mind. I said, if he doesn't make his announcement, then that puts the team in the tough spot. No, it's not. As long as the team knows, they can act accordingly because they have the information they need. When Rodgers decides to tell the world is completely separate and just irrelevant. I don't see a reason to wait any longer, especially since as these things go on, he's going to lose the ability to control the narrative, control all that stuff like he likes to do. 
Because at this point, we already kind of know, right? As soon as you guys start hammering out a deal, especially since you guys are going to probably close in on a deal, and if you get to a deal before next week, Tuesday, the odds that you're going to close up a concrete deal and there's no leak whatsoever that this is a done deal, very small. So, I mean, and who knows? Maybe he can come on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or whatever to break his big news. But um, so, so this is just kind of where I'm at. This is what all makes the most sense to me. We'll see what happens today. But I, I do think this is where this all comes from. The other thing to keep in mind, and it's been widely reported, in other words, I mean, based on what Ian has said, it's been a, a big talking point, is the fact that he said it's going to be a big deal, but also a short-term deal. Now, I've been saying, if you're going to do this, do a long-term deal, not a short-term deal. Apparently, the Packers are all in on exactly what I was talking about yesterday, which again, is not my preference, but it's, it's what Mr. Numberman talked to me about, which is just a window right? This is a window. And it's not a long-term window, it's a short-term window. And so we're not talking about keeping Aaron Rodgers for a long time and just running it back. We're not running it back. We're just doing this one more time, maybe two more times, and then we're done. Again, I don't like it. I think we're, you know, and again, it's not the future, right? Let's say we run it back in 2022, 2023, and then we're officially done, 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 done. You know that I could do that because I already done, done it. Anyways, I know how to speak. Essentially, what we would have to do is completely trash um, 2024, right? Because we, we, we would dump a bunch of players, but we would take on a bunch of dead money, so we wouldn't be able to really bring on a bunch of players. But by after one year of cleaning up the cap, we're basically fine. So again, it's not about 10 years of ruining the cap. My biggest issue, again, is that we're going, we're going with this short-term window and we have a harder time competing because, uh, again, I, I know I'm over-explaining this and I keep talking about it, but our ability to compete this year is less than it was last year, and it, which is less than it was the year before. Next year is going to be even harder, and the year after that is going to be even harder. But the Packers have decided that there's no real cleaning this up within the Rodgers window, which is why they're doing maximum restructures and everything else. They want to push as hard as they can to run it back. They're, I mean, they're, they're looking at it the same way the, the Saints did and, and what the Buccaneers did, and they're, they're just saying, we've only got a year or two. And again, I'm, it, it, maybe it does make sense because, as I said, it's not even so much that Rodgers may have many more years in him, but the fact that he's contemplating retirement means he probably isn't going to want to commit to five years anyways. So they're looking at it and saying he's got one or two years left. What, what are our options? If you try to clean up the cap today, you take an extra big step back so that you can take a big step forward starting, let's say, next year. The problem is you're starting a mini rebuild while Rodgers is still on your team. So they would rather minimize the step backs because, again, we are taking steps back. We are. We, we have to. We're cutting players we shouldn't have to cut. We have less cap than we should. But they're saying, oh, well, and they're going to try one or two more times with Rodgers, and then they're just going to blow this thing up. It seems to be the way that they're going about this. Again, it's, it's not my preference, but if, if you wanted to say Aaron Rodgers is going to do that, we're going to do this with Aaron Rodgers one more year, maybe two more years, because, I mean, we don't want to get rid of him. But also, he's not, gonna, he's not going to agree to a long-term extension. Or we don't even want to deal with a long-term extension because he's, planning, he's contemplating retirement right now. The heck is the point of a five-year extension if he's just going to back out after a year or two? If that's, your, if that's your determination, which again, my preference at this point, if you're saying you know, one year, maybe two more years, just trade him. Just trade him because we're, we're in cap hell. The odds of us being able to support Aaron Rodgers with a good enough cast to be able to win, and again, we can... But it's getting harder and harder, which means we're going to have a... Listen, 2021 was not as good of a team as 2020. That's just a reality. I know a lot of people really are, are saying last year was the year we thought... I don't know. I think two years ago was a better team. And I think last year's probably going to be a better team than this year. doesn't have to be that way. Rashawn could take a step. Savage and Amos can have better years. The offensive line could clearly take a step forward, especially with guys coming back and maybe some new additions. Assuming we're keeping Devontae, if we add a wide receiver that's halfway competent and Amari takes a step, maybe we'll be okay. You know what I mean? The, the, so so it's, it's possible if the players get better, but our ability to add to this roster is going down. Our ability to hold on to players is going down. And so something that was already extremely difficult to win the Super Bowl is just going to get harder. And we're completely losing any ability that we had to get any compensation from Aaron Rodgers. And it's almost like the Packers don't care. Like, we don't need it, we'll be fine without it. Well, I, I understand you will, but it sure would be nice, especially when we've got a massive rebuild coming up. Wouldn't that be super swell to get that extra help to be able to turn this thing around quicker? So, I mean, that's something to worry about in the future. We got to see exactly how this works and if Ian's even correct or whatever. And, and um, 
look at the structure of the upcoming contract, assuming there's going to be one, but that's exactly what I'm doing, assuming there is going to be one. Um, is this a one-year deal? Is this a two-year, three-year? I mean, effectively, obviously, he can retire whenever he wants. Could we then say one more year and then we trade him? Is the contract make him untradeable because he's so unbelievably expensive? I mean, wh- there's a lot of questions. And, and that's the other thing with a short-term deal. I mean, how in the world do you make him the highest paid guy with all the money that we have already sitting on this contract? How do you add new money to this with only one or two years? Well, we're going to slap a bunch of void years, which again, doesn't mean anything because it just means he's going to become really, really expensive, which again, is going to make him nearly untradeable. I don't know. I, again, we, we got to look at it, but it just, they're, um, they're just all in on, on one more year to win a Super Bowl, which again, I think a lot of fans are too, but the fans are only going to support it insofar as they believe the fairy tale that we're just going to march in and win a Super Bowl. And then when we don't, it's just, well, it's because they didn't do enough. It's because they're too stupid. No, no, no. It's, it, they did exactly what you wanted. They did exactly what you wanted. They've been doing exactly what you've wanted. This, you know, Aaron Rodgers just doesn't have support. He's been getting support. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a defense. He had a defense. One of the better defensive performances we've seen in, in years in that playoff game. He doesn't have a GM that was willing to go out and we're not doing anything in free aid. We're, not, we're doing everything. We're spending all the money. We're getting guys. And not only that, we're getting guys that are stars. Even with no money, we're getting stars. You're getting every single thing you've ever asked for, and it's not working. Because go figure, you can't just snap your fingers and make yourself win a Super Bowl. It doesn't work that way. And again, I'm, I'm of the mind that I love football. I love watching a team that is a competent team, that is a competitive team. Winning a Super Bowl is the icing on the cake. I mean, that, that is the ultimate joy. That is the ultimate, like, once in a lifetime, like, this is an amazing experience. Fortunately for us, it's already been a twice in a lifetime. We're, we're hoping for a three times in a lifetime thing. Well, for some, it might be more. For some, it might be less. But for me and for a lot of people, it's, it's happened twice and we're hoping for three. But I have no interest in going into desperation mode for just this year when we already have a very small chance of winning. We have a smaller chance of winning than we did even last year when we didn't win. And then by not trading Aaron Rodgers and making him essentially untradeable, again, I'm not, I don't know that, but I'm thinking we're heading in that direction. At the very least, we're devaluing what we're going to get because, again, when you trade somebody, you're going to get the compensation for that player minus what they're going to have to pay on his contract. And if his contract is stupid, that's getting deducted. And so we're literally paying for the stupidity. And so what do we get? We get another year of floundering. Another year of, gee, will he be back? I wonder, what are we going to do? Should we trade him? Should we da 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 And then again, next year is more hard decisions, more cuts, more guys that have to go, more dead money, which means less people on free agents, more having to restructure and doing all this stuff just so we can run it back one more year with an even less competent team, a less talented team. And then you fall short again, and now Aaron Rodgers has to go, and now he's not worth anything, and he hasn't won an MVP in two years. The team has been slipping. You know, we went from 13 wins to 11 wins to 10 wins. Again, I, I don't know this. I'm just saying. I mean, if, if this is the way it goes, is this going to make you happy? Well, at least we, we took advantage of the window. And then Aaron Rodgers leaves or he retires or whatever, and we get nothing for him. And instead of being a team that is still uh, reaping the benefits of first-round draft picks and all these different guys, and we've had multiple years of checking Jordan Love to see if he's the guy and, and building him up, and if he's not, then we've already probably drafted his replacement. We've probably got a high pick because Jordan Love was not very good, so we, we've got a bunch of picks and we've got like a top five pick. So we've been getting one of the top quarterback prospects on top of a bunch of other picks that we've had and really high picks because, again, we haven't been doing very well. And so at the exact same period, call it 2024, 2025, we're looking at a Packers team that has been stacked and loaded with talent and the salary cap is completely clean. Or in 2024, 2025, we're looking at Aaron Rodgers is going to go bye-bye. We're not going to get anything for him. We're drafting real late because we did decent. Maybe we limped into the playoffs again because it's Aaron Rodgers and we still have some talent all around. But everybody's laughing at us. Everybody's mocking us because we're not that good anymore. And Aaron Rodgers is washed up and the team's not going anywhere. And ha ha, you're not going to get anything for him. And you guys are, you know, not even that good anymore. And now Rodgers is leaving and you're really going to, I mean, is that, is that the path we want to go down? Again, I don't know. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll win a Super Bowl. We're going to have a good enough team to give it a run, but I think it's more likely that the, the thing that I described is going to happen than the other thing where we run it back with a slightly less good team as we had last year and we win the Super Bowl. Yeah, but everybody else is getting worse. Says who? These players that are leaving teams are not vanishing into thin air. They're going to other teams. So you're going to have other teams that are getting better while other teams are getting worse. The Rams are mostly going to be running it back, so they're going to be fine because running it back is just what teams do now. And other teams will find their way to dominance that we just didn't see coming. You know, the 49ers might end up being a powerhouse once again. 
Maybe Trey Lance is a stud, and they just really figure this thing out. They, you know, we know they've got an offensive powerhouse and a defensive powerhouse, and they got all these things going on. Who knows? I mean, these really good players got to go somewhere. How do you know the Vikings aren't going to be a really good team? How do you know the Bears aren't going to be a really good team? I mean, the Bears probably aren't, but the Vikings might. Heck, the Lions might. The Lions played about as good as any team with no talent, and they're just going to keep going out and getting more and more talent. If nothing else, if they can't do it this year, if they can keep playing with that same amount of fight in two years, that's a that's a formidable team. And if the Vikings are mostly running it back, there's no reason to believe they won't be at least fairly good. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, et cetera, et cetera, and they're just going to be building out the defense a little bit. Point is, we don't know. Dallas? Dallas was pretty dominant last year. Who's to say they're not going to be dominant again? And I'm just looking at NFC teams. I mean, Jalen Hurts has been looking pretty good in Philly. Who's, who's to say they don't come out of nowhere? There's always teams that come out of nowhere, and all of a sudden they're just really good. Every year we're like, oh man, these are the good teams, and half of these teams aren't going to be good this year. Therefore, there's only going to be half as many good teams. That's not how this works, because there's also going to be teams that become good. Seattle and Tampa, I doubt it. Maybe Washington. I don't know. Who knows? But again, there's also AFC teams. We're going to have to play AFC teams, and those teams are going to be quite good at football. And and if nothing else, even if the entire NFC implodes, that means we waltz our way into the Super Bowl and get embarrassed in the Super Bowl. What about the Cardinals? Cardinals showed flashes of being absolutely unstoppable. Now, they completely fell off, but there's still every reason to believe that that could be a really tough team. Who knows? So I don't, I don't buy that as an excuse to do this because, well, every, the, the sea is parted, so you don't even need a good team. You can just walk right into the Super Bowl and win it because we're in a period where all teams are bad. No, all those same really dominant players are still out there, and even if they're leaving a team, they're going to go to another team and make that team better. And everybody's got players that are going to come up and they're going to start getting better. They got quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, safeties, corners that are going to have that second year, third year leap, and they're going to come out of nowhere and they're going to be really, really good. And they're just going to change the, the way that this franchise operates. So that's not a good enough excuse. So, I mean, whatever. I, I, it, it, it would probably not be my preference, but I think the Packers have been all in for a long time. The, the guy won MVP. You can't let an MVP quarterback go. You got to do what you got to do to bring him back. And they're just stuck on that. And that's it. That's just the way, that's the way it's going to be. And so we'll see how it goes. Obviously, I'm happy to get Aaron Rodgers back. Obviously, we're going to be a much better team with Aaron Rodgers. I just feel like this is this is... It's a strategy that I don't think is going to work, period. And I do think it's going to hurt us in the future. And, and, and I've been saying it's not as much about the future. And it's not as far as the salary cap is concerned. But when you start talking about compensation, when you start talking about getting three first-round picks and second-round picks and all these different things that you can get for trading Rodgers today, that turns into zero when he decides to retire or we have to cut him because of his contract or whatever the case may be, that's where it really starts to hurt our future. When you start talking about you know Jordan Love sitting on the bench and then his, you know, having to make an evaluation on one year as opposed to giving him a couple years and then drafting his replacement, letting there be a competition. Rodgers leaves and it's like, all right, you got one year to make this work and he doesn't work. And it's like, all right, what do we do now? Do we give him another contract? Do we do we see if he's still got it? You know, he showed a little bit of progress. It's only been one year, maybe, you know, whatever. Or do we just throw in the towel and say, we're not paying a bunch of money for this guy, let him go and hope he doesn't go be really good somewhere else. And then we're, we have no quarterback and we have to draft somebody and you know, maybe there's no good quarterback, and then we're floundering. And da, da, da. It's just, it puts us in a position of just not really having a plan. We're kind of just winging it. And then we become like the Jets, where you just, you don't have anybody, and everybody sucks, and you're hoping that somebody that's really good just falls into your lap. As opposed to being deliberate, like when they drafted Jordan Love. We don't need him, but we're going to try him so that we have him in case we need him. And if he doesn't work out, it doesn't matter because we still have Aaron Rodgers. That's the way I like to do things. Everybody else apparently loves the way the Jets do things. We don't have anybody. We suck. Let's take a swing at a quarterback because we got a really high pick. Well, that guy sucks, but we're going to stick with him for three, four, five years until we end up getting rid of him like we did with Darnold, like we did with all the way back to Sanchez and beyond, all the way since forever. We're going to stick with him too long, and then we'll get rid of him, and then we'll draft another one, and he's going to suck, and it's just, it's just perpetual suck all the time, as opposed to being able to draft somebody, letting him sit behind Aaron Rodgers, develop, learn, grow, and then just hand him the keys, and then you just continue on with dominance. That's the way I'd prefer to do things. Think a few steps ahead, not just in the moment. But anyways, again, uh, my wish will not be coming true, it sounds like. Um, again, the, the only thing I said is if you're going to bring him back, make it a long-term deal, and they're not going to do that, which again probably makes sense because he's not going to stick around long-term. It just it makes me sad. I was really excited about getting a bunch of picks for Aaron Rodgers. It seems like that is not going to happen. We are going to get nothing for him, and we're going to pay way too much money, and we're going to destroy our cap and destroy any ability we have to maintain a solid roster 
to bring on any free agents, to really sign people to contracts. We're going to have to start using franchise tags because we can't actually afford to keep anybody. We're going to have to keep pushing out money and destroying our our future ability to compete um, just so that we can run it back with lesser and lesser teams until we finally decide that this isn't going to work, blow the whole thing up, and then just sit there with no talent and go, well, let's start building from scratch. I mean, an actual full-on rebuild. Again, wouldn't be my plan, but apparently that's what the Packers want to do. So, sweet. Hopefully we win it all this year. That's... (laughs) That's all I can say. Because now, I mean, now it is. I mean, and again, a lot of fans look at it as a Super Bowl or bust. The only thing that matters is a Super Bowl. Well, you got your wish, man, because that is the only thing that matters right now. The Packers have made that abundantly clear. The only thing that matters right now is winning a Super Bowl. And if we let Rodgers go, we're not going to win it. Therefore, we can't let Rodgers go. That seems to be the the depth of thought that has gone on here. Anyways, um, why don't we take a break? Remember to check out my Twitter. You can help Drew to get his seizure service dog. That's always a fun sentence to say. Head over to the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. You can see pinned to the top there uh, in the announcements or whatever, there is a way to help Cody, who needs help with his uh, medical expenses. And then head over to amodernfrontier.com. You can get yourself some boxes of meat. Use promo code MEATPACKER, one word, all caps. You get $25 off your order. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Another pretty big news, the Green Bay Packers, um... Are going to London, man. Immediately, my brain started spinning. Like, how am I going to get there? I, I I just said this recently. I feel like it was in, within the last week. I hope they don't go to London just because I'm not in a spot to be able to go, and I want to be able to go when they go there. I know it won't be the last time, but it just uh, just makes me sad. <laughs> like, I got to be there. But um, I started going through it in my brain, and there's almost no way I can see this working. Because it's like, I can't go and not bring my family, but I can't bring my family. And that right there is the conundrum that gets me stuck. I can't go by myself and leave the kids behind. And I can't pick and choose the kids and then tell my wife she has to stay home with the baby while we fly off to London. And we can't bring a baby on a 60 billion hour flight so that I can watch football in London. By the way, and this is going to sound bad because I know this whole thing has been about, you know, we're so happy for the people in London and everything. and, And I am in England and the UK, whatever, Europe, super happy for you guys. And I would love to be able to experience going to another country, but just looking around London, it is so depressing. <laughs> it is, it looks awful. And I've, I've always thought like every time I look at London, I just think of like the 1980s. I feel like you guys are just stuck in it. And, and I know that's not like, the stadium looks great, but everything around the stadium is like, dude, that is old looking. Like television is like, every time I see a British television show, it's like, ugh. Dude, this is 1980s, man. It just makes me sad. And plus, it's, it's, it's just a gloomy, you know, it's always cloudy and kind of whatever. 
and the roads are so narrow. Everything feels so cramped. Like literally, I looked at the street view of that stadium. You could drive down the street and basically reach your hand out and touch the stadium. It's just built like right on the road. I mean, not literally, but it's right there. And then I looked at the hotels. And when I look at hotels here, like you get excited. Like it's this hotel in this vast open area of land. And it's got this gigantic parking lot with like flags everywhere and all this stuff. And I found like a Holiday Inn Express because I'm like, at least I know that, right? And you find it and it's, it looks like it's in a little factory town. Like it's this old brick building with, with the Holiday Inn Express sign on it. So th- there's that comforting you like, oh, look, it's still me. And then it's in the middle of nowhere and in the background is like an electrical power plant. It's like, I don't want to go there. I'm just going to be sad. <laughs> like if I stay in the hotel, it feels like you're in a Holiday Inn Express, right? The food might not be great. It might be fine. I don't know. Either way, it's hotel food. It's not like it's gourmet. But, you know, as long as I got a blueberry muffin or something and some milk, I'll, I'll, it'll feel like I'm home. And, and why do I want it to feel like, I don't know. I guess I don't want it to feel like home. I just don't want it to feel like London because <laughs> it's so sad over there. Am I the only one? Like, go look at the street view and go tool around London and just, like, are you happy? I don't feel happy. I can't imagine. I think about that, too, when I, you know, like guys like Rich, Ricky Gervais and stuff. And it's like, uh, they have all this money. They do a lot of work in the U.S., but they choose to live in London. Like, why would you do that? That's sad. I think he does. Maybe he doesn't. I, I used him as an example. I don't know where he lives. He's probably got a home in L.A., too. I don't know. Again, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just, I, that, that was the whole thing I was thinking. Like, if I took the family out there, like, what are we going to, I don't really want to go outside, though. And what are we going to do when we get there? I mean, you go to the shops and everything else, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know why, like, the 80s just make me feel sad. <laughs> sad childhood, I guess. I don't know. But I do, I feel like I'm being transported back in time. And it's like, I don't want to go back. I don't, I'm, I'm good. Like they, they don't, I don't bet they don't have internet there, do they? They have a dial up. Are they, are they in, are they, have they graduated to like the nineties and we got like dial up computers or something over there? Again, I know none of that's real. It's just how it feels in my core when I look at it. It's like, I don't want to go there. Everything feels old. You know, like if you go to a tropical place, it's not like it feels futuristic, but it doesn't feel old. It's just tropical. Canada feels like America. Like I've, I've been to Canada. It's just like, you know, it's no different. I'm sure certain places feel different, but it just, it didn't. It was the same thing. I feel like if you went to, you know, Scotland or Ireland, it's very scenic, you know? So you at least got that going for you. Africa's being teleported way back, you know, we're, we're going way past the 80s. But again, you got the savannah and all, it's part of the experience. I just feel like London is like, no, it's just the 80s. Like, I don't want to go to the 80s. It's not good. It's just dark and dreary and now I'm not even going to be invited to London. I'm just going to get booed if anyone finds me there. Like, oh, welcome. Thanks for taking a seat from people that actually like it here, you jerk. I'm just talking out loud, man. I don't know. I'm just saying, just bearing my soul to you people, all right? Can I not talk to you? If, I can, if this is not my safe space, where can I tell you things? By the way, I talked to Dara the other day. He's probably never going to talk to me. He's in Ireland. Maybe he doesn't even like London. I don't know. But, but just, just do it and tell me I'm lying. You don't have to say it publicly. Tell me privately. I'll keep it a secret. Go look at the hotels in that area and tell me, like, that looks awesome. <laughs> tell me that's just like, dude, this hotel looks amazing. I'm going to have a panic attack just driving around there. Like, all these cars are touching me. Like, I, everything's touching me. There, there's, there's four feet from, from this side of the street to the other. And then they got those weird squiggly line things. Like, what the heck am I supposed to do with this? Do I have to, do I have to squiggle as I drive? Like, what, what, is, what is happening here? This three-lane road turned into a four-lane squiggly road. What does that mean? I'm just getting, I'm just getting, I'm, I'm Ubering it the whole time. I'm not driving on these. I don't know what to do with this road. Give me some space here, everybody. Just back up. Even the buildings are scraping my car. Like, can we just get a little space here? Claustrophobic. To be fair, though, this is almost the exact same reason why I hate going to cities. Because it's just, it's just, it's weird. Well, you go down to a city and everybody's like looking at the buildings like, isn't this beautiful? And all I see is like scum and trash. And it's like, this is gross. This is not, why would you say this is beautiful? Look at the building. It's like, dude, there's urine stains on that building. What are you talking about? It's like we see two different worlds. <laughs> I don't see anything beautiful. This place is gross. No grass anywhere in the city. And if there is grass, it's dead grass that's covered in trash. Literal trash. No, I don't like, I don't think the city is beautiful. I think it's disgusting. The buildings look beautiful like from far away, maybe in pictures, but you get up close to it and no, it's just dirty. And there's like homeless people sleeping on it. I, I don't, I'm, no, not, nope. So maybe it's just not for me, man. You know, I don't know. It's just not for me. That's why Green Bay is great. And by the way, I don't even, as I've said, I don't really even like going there. But Green Bay is great for me because it's, you go to the stadium, but you're also still just in like the suburbs. <laughs> like you, you're walking around, you 
walk through somebody's backyard, hop a fence, and then there's Lambeau Field just sitting there. I don't have to like fight traffic. And then, you know, you're in the middle of the city, you're 0.5 miles away from the stadium and you still can't even find it because it's just, there's just massive buildings everywhere and cars everywhere. And is that it over there? That tiny little thing that's, oh yeah, there's, there it is. There's the stadium. hundred thousand people can fit in there and I can barely see it in this city. And there's traffic and it's not even because there's a game because nobody actually cares. It's just, there's a billion people in this city all the time. Also, there's another stadium down there that people care more about that people are also going to. So I'll probably watch it on TV. Um, <laughs> I, I really want to go just to be able to, to say that I've been there, but nothing about it seems like something that I would like. But anyways, also apparently on Twitter, and it's, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest, I have not seen one, but I have seen 5,000 posts on Twitter saying that a bunch of people are complaining about the Packers losing a home game. Again, I've seen 40 of those. I've seen zero actual complaints. And I don't need you to send me receipts because I'm sure you can go find them. I'm sure I can search and go find them. The point is, I've seen zero. So I don't know who's complaining about it. I'm guessing it's a very small contingent because I have, I'm, I'm, I'm to the point of getting annoyed with all the posts complaining about people complaining because the only people complaining are people complaining about people complaining. I have not actually seen anybody complaining about losing a home game. But I'm sure some people are upset about losing a home game. I don't know. But generally, I tend to agree with the anti-complainy people who are complaining about the complaining. Point is, and this is, this is the biggest thing for me, every team has to do it. We don't get an exception. The fact that we feel like we should get some kind of an exception is silly. Everybody has to do it. Every other team has done it. It's time for us to do it. It's also a good thing for our team. There are a lot of Packer fans abroad. Not only that, it'll expand our fan base, which is a good thing. This is not just our own little hidden secret, you know? It's, it's me and the other season ticket holders that are Packer fans, and I don't want anyone else to be a Packer fan. You know, I, I basically want me and, you know, 20,000 other people to just have the stadium to ourselves. And, I mean, you can just cut the TV deals, too. It doesn't even need to be televised. I just want to watch this. Me and the locals get together and watch a game. Good old times, man. We don't need anybody else. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm elaborating on what I assume people must be thinking, because if you had any desire to grow the fan base, which is good for the team, it's good for everybody, you should want them to go out there. You should want them to go out and, and crush somebody in front of a lot of people. There's going to be a, I mean, there's a lot of Packer fans out there and they're going to be bringing their friends and their friends are going to watch the Packers go out and win. And some of those people are going to turn into diehard Packer fans. It's the first time they've ever watched football. It's the first time they've ever seen it up close and personal and they're going to fall in love with it. And that's a good thing. So there's a lot of reasons why this is a very, very good thing. Plus, they need a little cheeriness in their life because it is depressing out there. <laughs> All right, I'll let it go. I'm just saying. Also, to be fair, Wisconsin is extremely depressing in wintertime. It's just dark and cold all the time. So I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that. I'm just saying. London is also depressing, just, you know, year-round. Anyway, some of the other announcements, uh, Saints and Jaguars will also be in London. Uh, the Munich game will be the Buccaneers. We don't know who the, the, these teams are going to be playing against, but the Buccaneers are going to be in Munich, and then the Cardinals will be in Mexico City. So again, I'm, as I said, I'm all for all of this, especially Mexico City. That one's the biggest for me. The, the massive, massive, massive population. I don't think it's a very big NFL community. So if you can start turning some of that toward the NFL, that's massive. And on top of that, it doesn't really cause a lot of problems in terms of travel. In fact, about half of the teams in the NFL would have an easier flight to Mexico City than to, you know, other places. You know, Florida teams would rather go to Mexico City than Seattle. Anybody on the West Coast or even close to it would rather go to Mexico City than, you know, New York. So I'm all for that. I know there's a, a language barrier as opposed to London or even Munich, for that matter, I think would have more English speakers. But still, I think that would be awesome. So it'll be fun. Finally, um, the Packers have become finalists to host the 2024 NFL Draft. There are three teams um, that are in contention to host the draft. The other two teams, I believe, are Detroit and D.C. So that's also really good news because those are not good locations, right? I mean, if we were competing with like L.A. and Vegas or anywhere in Florida or anywhere in Texas or anywhere warm at all, or anywhere interesting, like New York, <laughs> we, we get, um, we are in competition with Detroit, which is a city, that's true, so there's, you know, but it's also Detroit, and I'm sorry, I don't want to go to Detroit, like at all, like that's one of the few places I could hop in my car and be there, and that would be crazy, and that would be cool to be able to go to the draft, I'm not going to Detroit, 
And DC, now he put D-C. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I'm guessing it's just like DC is in Washington, but I don't know what D-C is. But assuming we're talking about Washington, D.C., that's another trash location that nobody's going to want to go to. I mean, I, I, you know, well, you can go to the Washington. First of all, they're not going to have this anywhere near the White House. You can maybe make it cool depending on how you can tie this into national monuments. I don't know if you're going to be allowed to do that. But again, D.C., it's not great, man. You, if you want to go to D.C., you go get a little bit of history and get the heck out of there as fast as you can. I don't want to hang out in Washington, D.C., so those are some of the absolute worst options, including, granted, Green Bay. I mean, everybody looking at this list is going, I ain't going in 2024, but I don't care. I'm a Packer fan, and hopefully we win. And again, we're finalists with two of the worst options in all the NFL. I mean, even Buffalo would probably be a better option because it's, you know, it's similar, but it's like Buffalo's kind of cool. You got the, you know, big old waterfall nearby and stuff. Got the Finger Lakes <laughs> in that region. But yeah, literally any other team would be better. Arizona, Atlanta, Baltimore would kind of suck. I think Pittsburgh would kind of suck. I'm just saying, not great options. So we will see how it goes. That's, you know, obviously quite a ways away. But it does sound like in the relative near future, the Packers will be hosting a draft, whether that's in 2024 in two years or 2025 or 2026. I would say somewhere in that span, the Packers will be hosting a draft. And I do intend to be there. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But I feel like it's something I should do. Because again, it's... Anytime you get a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, again, I just can't help but feel like I should go. Same with London, same with getting the little Packer certificate thing. I don't want to go do things because I am a hermit, but I also don't like missing out on, on life experiences, which seems weird because I don't know. I don't know how to explain me, but it's just a thing. There you go. <laughs> the, the thought of never going to like South America makes me sad, but then it's like, well, do you want to go? To, well, no, I don't. I just don't want to not go. You know, like I don't want to go to South America. But I don't want to never go to South America. Like, do I want to go to Africa? Not really. But I don't want to never go there. That would suck. Like, my whole life and I've never been there, that doesn't seem right. But I just, I just don't want to be there, you know? <laughs> Same with, like, all the other 50 states, like Alaska. Dude, Alaska would be great. Like, not when you're there, but having been there would be cool. I'm sure there's great scenery. I just, you know, it's, it's cold and it's, it sucks. I don't know. Maybe somebody listening is a shrink and can figure me out. But at that... I should probably get out of here because I should maybe go to work today. Hope you got something out of this conversation. <laughs> Have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs>